Hello and welcome to For the Love of Mary, a podcast series that tracks my journey to finding the relationship between the Virgin Mary and the position of women in Ireland. It's told through the conversations and stories shared with some of the most amazing women on this island. My practice as an artist is very much founded in the idea of gathering the stories of women and this project was no different. Supported by the Arts Council of Northern Ireland, SIAP Award, I was able to travel to meet with women, research the ideas that came up in our conversations, document shrines, all with a view of getting to the bottom of why she's so prevalent in Irish culture, and from that create new works of spoken word and poetry. I had no script, no questions drafted. So what you're about to hear are all very much responsive conversations. I hope you enjoy this journey just as much as I did. Don't forget to share and subscribe and thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to episode three of For the Love of Mary podcast. In this episode I get to talk to a very wonderful woman, Katrina Cunningham, who shared her story with me. Um, now we talked previously, I I, knew, I had a small um a, sh- a small bit of knowledge of Katrina's story. Um, she's, um, she's quite candid in her, um, in her experiences, and uh, so she agreed to talk to me about them. What I wasn't prepared for because I had carved out in my own mind how she should have felt and what attitude she should have held towards um her, towards her circumstances and what happened to her. Um, and what struck me and what completely blew me away and threw me for um, just a total curve um, for for weeks after this was the unexpected level of compassion that she had um, over her experiences. It just reinforced how much of an amazing woman um, she actually is and, and how, how just how warm and lovely um how warm and lovely she is anyway i really hope you enjoy this episode um i'll catch you on the other side cheers if you just say your name katrina collinghouse hello katrina um, thank you for um taking some time out to do this uh, to talk to me um so we're talking about mary yeah and your relationship virgin mother right <laughs> well i suppose when i was younger as, as you know when when we were young and at school um it was always the time when the teachers always seemed to be in great form i mean i went to a catholic school i was raised a catholic and i'm not religious anymore but um it was a time where you, people brought in flowers and the teachers genuinely seemed to be in great form you know with these you know you'd appear statue and all your flowers around it um, as I got older then, um, I used to think of it like uh, the Virgin Mother thing. I found that quite ironic, you know, a bit of, a bit of Virgin Mother. And I suppose, um, I mean, when we were, I remember being young and somebody saying, older people saying, if a girl whistled, our lady would cry. And we were told that. I mean, that's how, do you know what I mean? So yeah. you, you often thought of this this very delicate being that um, would be so offended by anything. But as you get older, then you thought, what a minute, this was a, if this is, if it was somebody in history, a young woman giving birth and been turned away, at, you know, after giving birth and things like that. Um, as uh, when I was 19, 
then um, I went to a place called Marionville, which was a mother called a mother and baby home. And Marion was to do with Our Lady. Yeah. So there was a big statue of Our Lady there and that was very prominent and that would have been there'd have been things up to there'd have been statues of Our Lady and around the place and everything. And um but a crowd of women, young women together we would have it, it would have been a bit of uh, we'd have had a bit of crack about you know virgin the virgin mother and we used to talk about being reborn again virgins and things like that so that was our way of of having a that would have been our way of just having a bit of fun around the whole the whole thing of our lady you yeah. know because you were in a very quiet somber place where everything was um well, first of all, you were there, and you were there out of shame. Yeah. Basically, you were an unmarried mother, and you were there out of shame. But um, also because it was religious, there was very much, you know, you went to Mass every morning, you trotted up to Mass, so you were going up past all these big statues of Our Lady and to Mass, and, you know, and most of us just stood at the back, like, giggling, not being disrespectful, but we're young women, we're, yeah. we're pregnant, we're bored. Um you know, it was a very long day, so you, that's how your day started. Um, trying to think now if anything, if anything else. I mean, I think mm. it's kind of ironic that um, a mother and baby home, the sort of shame of being an unmarried mother, mm. and yet you're presented, surrounded by this figure yeah. who, essentially, when she got pregnant, they weren't married. Yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. So that always was, I mean, we would have talked about that. So that was very ironic and funny for us, yeah. you know. So we did have a bit of, that would have been, when we had crack, I mean, when we were on our own, a few of us, especially the older girls, that's what we'd have had a bit of crack around, things like that, you know. Yeah, mm. I think that's, she's kind of like this incredible figure of, um, there's so much, there's so much of a burden put on her shoulders of, how women are supposed to look up to and to be. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a huge, it must be a huge, as a figure, and, yeah. you know, as a character, that must be a huge weight to carry. Yeah. To have that, be that measure, that benchmark against. That's right. Yeah. And be very serene. You know, um, you always had this thing where Our Lady was very serene and she always was smiling and very accepting of everything. And that would have been at odds, wouldn't it, really, when, with her being unmarried and being a young mother. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but I certainly wasn't serene through any, any of my births. <laughs> so, you know, so that th it was like, um, and I think it was, I think it was used a lot. I think that that was used a lot to, to try to put, especially in Ireland, to put women in their place. Yeah. That you were supposed to be quiet and accepting and, you know, and uh, this serene all the time and calm and um, not show emotions. And um, th that wasn't very fair either because who's, who's to say that's what she was about anyway? She looks quite sad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think she looks quite. Yeah. Just sort of that, mm. that acceptance of burden yeah and just I mean I have I do have one statue of Mary that that was given to me and she looks really cross 
Mm. In it, and I kind of ma- imagine her stand. She's she's not. She's standing in prayer position, and I imagine that it's like I'm holding my thumbs together uh, so that I don't put my hands around my young around her throat, and just yeah. that God, that's your son. Yeah. I'm saying it's your son because you taught him that trick with uh, the water and the wine, uh, and now he's out to three o'clock in the morning. I will show you the face. Yeah. The face is just priceless. But yeah. Well, that that would be interesting to have somebody, you know, to to see that difference side. Oh, that's great. There's emotion there and there's no- normality and emotion and passion. That, that would be passion, wouldn't it? Yeah. Coming across, you know. Yeah. I think you um, only see, like, there's only that sort of once you see any kind of any kind of passion from her in the Bible. And it's whenever mm. Jesus goes missing, he's like 12 or something. Yes. And he goes missing. Mm. Mm. We were worried sick. Yeah. You can kind yeah. of imagine her. You can imagine what that was uh, yeah. like, of course, and crowds and crowds of people. Yeah. You know, and among crowds of people that you, you might never see your child again, things like that. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, and and him just being so cavalier about the whole it's too much yeah. father's work. Yes. <laughs> your father's uh, work. Can you uh, see your father's work when you get home? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hi. I'll be cleaning for a week. Mm, mm. <laughs> Oh, but um, and so what like in in terms of the mother and baby home, what was the attitudes? I mean, a place called Marion Vale. Yeah. What was the sort of attitudes around Mary there? Well, that would have been part of their ethos, really. You know, that would have been, it would have been religious. It would have been, um. I would have been 19, which I thought was very old. I mean, I was quite embarrassed that I was so old, getting pre- you know, getting pregnant. I mean, there was a lot of younger girls there, and they were quite frightened and quite cowed down. With the older girls, would have had, had a bit more, um, you know, uh, because you were a wee bit more mature, you, you wouldn't have just went by rules or anything like that. Um, there was always this thing... Uh, to accept what was given to you and basically and there the acceptance was your baby's going to be adopted it's going to have a better life and that was the agenda and there now this is my my this is my opinion this is the way i i felt about it and i've felt about it ever since yeah. so there was that you know even when you were leaving um which i did i left without me baby i got her back three months later but when I um, was leaving, you, you were taken up to the Mother Superior, a lot, very nice woman. And, but you were, you know, I'm sure I was like other girls or women leaving there. I was distraught, I remember. And I remember giving me rosary beads and just telling me to, you know, as, um, just to accept that this, you know, go out and have a good life, but just accept that, that this has happened. and. Um, you can put all this behind you. There's uh-huh. this shame, and you can get on with your life. Now she didn't use the word shame, but that's the way I felt. That um, and she wasn't being unkind. This was her trying to be kind to me. Um, go ahead and make a life for yourself. You know, go and get a career, and just forget all about being here. Forget about your baby, and and that was the thing around. I I know I'm using it a while lot. Was this acceptance? There was no, um, there was no. This wasn't your opinion. This was how it was going to be, and that was it. And but then again, I would have felt the nuns. That was their life as well. Yeah. That they'd handed their life over to something, and they hadn't very much freedom either. It was very much a, a patriarchal church. So, 
um, the, the nuns were like handmaidens, but they were in a convent, we were in a convent, yeah. and that was our lot. So that, you know, that's, that's, that's the way I would have felt about all that. Um, very much, and, and as I've got older, much, uh, much more strongly feel that that was, um, for, for it being about Our Lady, it was nearly like um, we were second class citizens and Our Lady wasn't thought too much about either, that was just the way we were put there. Right. So. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's, a, that's a really interesting kind of view of it, that because you don't often hear that about the nuns being about you know that can that sort of I guess level of empathy uh, towards them towards yeah yeah well this would have been the late seventies and I mean don't get me wrong there was there was a lot of rules and regulations and the the you know one nun would have been very very strict and very authoritarian. But there was another nun who was lovely and very soft and quite gentle and used to actually listen to me and you know I, I remember going up to the to the hospital in a for an appointment and coming back with uh, leaflets about um, uh, you know about a, a, a clinic you know for you know um, pregnancy advisory service and putting them around and she was running around after me tipping them around and saying we can't do that we can't do that but but she was kind and yeah. her you know she, she was kind and that there was a, a like a bit of a connection there and so that there would have been that warmth you know and as i've got older i thought well they were all right that might have been their choice but in a lot of ways it might not have been their choice either and that's it was all women yeah so all girls, all women, you know. All women, hormonal yes. together. Oh yes. my goodness. Uh, what, a, what a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm. Yeah, that can only be. Um, yeah, tense mm. at times, uh, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah it's kind of. It's a, it's a sort of incredible idea to have. Like how how long did the mother and baby homes how long did they kind of go on for when did they they actually went on to the um I think it was eighty four wow. eighty five when they closed yeah so they were still open until then and I suppose they changed quite a bit because when I was there it was sort of the tail end I mean I would have worked in the laundries that that would have been the thing where it was all these women um were put into homes. But there was also people that were reared in homes, they were orphans or they didn't have anybody else and they worked in the laundries. So the nuns worked in the laundries, uh, the, the girls worked in the laundries and at, again it was women getting the, you know, from the hotels, from the hospitals, from the jails, whatever, that's all the laundry went to the wow. convents. And so they had all this labour. And it wasn't to say that, I mean, I didn't see any great wealth around the convents, so it was going back into the, the church somewhere. But, you know, it was like, um, again, that was woman's lot, and that was that was what you'd done. And, you know, when Our Lady suffered, and, and you used to get told that, you know, Our Lady suffered, and if you, did, if you spoke up about anything, that would have been your, that would have been the thing that was held up to you. Look what our lady suffered, and more or less, if you didn't 
just shut your mouth and be quiet. You know, yeah. um, you were seen as being um, bold or uh, rebellious. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if the shoe fits. Uh, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. 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 Wow. So, mm, That's yeah. Mm. Um, I think yeah, Mary's suffering is always um, one that kind of comes. Mm. I think one that came up quite a lot. We we talked before we did this. Um, mm. Yeah, the the passion sort of plays. Yes. Hyatta. Yeah. And she was used as that figure of kind of like, I suppose, conveying to to women and um, and and to people the humanity of them. Just imagine losing your son. Yes. In such and yeah. having to watch it. Having to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And what she's endured. That's right. And watching him go through this mm. ultimate sacrifice for you. Yeah, that's right. And a, pro- a lot of women, I would imagine, would identify. I mean, you used to hear the saying, and maybe you still do, I don't know. Um, somebody would have a great devotion to Our Lady. And, the, you know, people that would have prayed to Our Lady, um, anybody that said they would have prayed to Our Lady, would have got great strength thinking, well, she's been through this and I can go through that, you know. And, um, you know, I used to think about during the time, I remember the hunger strikers, you know, they used to talk to the woman coming out of the, the jail, these mullers, and you were going, oh my God, that's so difficult to watch somebody. I mean, that's only one example in yeah. any war or anything. Um, but that, and a lot of these women would have turned to, would have been really uh, prayed to Our Lady. You know, even in my own heart, you know, my grandmother and the older members of the family, that would have been the statue of Our Lady, and that was what they aspired to, to be like Our Lady, yeah. you know, to, to just to have the strength, and maybe that gave them strength. So, you yeah. know, it must be great to have some sort of faith like that. And let's face it, Irish mothers are really strong women. Oh, <laughs> totally, absolutely. So maybe, yeah. maybe there is something in that. Yeah, I. That's a nice. I never thought about the likes of sort of hunger strike mothers and mm. that kind of thing. Mm. Oh, mm. I knew Avenue. Uh, <laughs> no, I just remember. You know, remember that it was Bobby Sands' mother, and I remember some reporters saying, "Are you going to allow your son to starve to death? Can you not?" And she said, "This is what he. Um, this is what he's protesting about." And I remember thinking, "How strong?" Because. How, how do you not go in and say, I don't care what his beliefs are, feed him, yeah. stick a, you know, stick a, a, a intravenous something onto him now and get him well again. And I, you know, I just remember thinking, oh my God, that's, uh, and even judging her, you know, the way the reporters can be, uh, judging her for not, and, and just thinking of what she was going through and being able to say, this is his choice. And my love for him as a mother is that that's his choice and I have to support what he wants. Yeah. You know, some people might think it differently, but I do remember that standing out to me at the time. And and she, I mean, whenever they died, that they were down on their knees and they their rosary beads and they were praying. Yeah. Or, yeah, what do you call that? Heal, God, no more. Heal, <laughs> uh, heal, heal Mary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Heathen about yeah. <laughs> Although in saying that, I do actually, yeah, no, we've, mm. we've had this conversation, Um, it has come up along the way. I do, because mm. I was, um, I was with a, a, my children's dad when we were together, when we were very, very young, we were teenagers, and his mum 
his mum passed away and she had this set of wooden rosary beads that sort of always hung on her bed and Mm. she was in the hospice she died of cancer she was in the hospice and she was sent home but the rosary beads didn't come back with her when she she, when she came home basically came home to die she was only Mm. home for like a couple of days and then she passed away they sent the rosary beads (laughs) the rosary beads to the house and they put them in just an, an ordinary envelope mm. and going through the postal service they got mangled so you know like all the little metal uh, all the metal clips in uh, between um, they all got just they were just mangled the, mm. the rosary beads were in bits uh, and so this is pre-Google mm, era right mm. I'm old enough to, to remember pre-Google uh, era right uh, so this is I was 16 uh, at the time no I wasn't even 16 I was just just before I turned 16 and um, as a good girlfriend you know you want to like your boyfriend's just gone through this yeah. whole trauma of leaving his mum and he was in he was in bits mm. like the, the rosary beads um, and so I was like sure I'll get some wool and you know so mm. some some wool and, so, and an embroidery needle and sure we can thread them through it'll be fine mm. I had no idea how rosary beads went together. Mm. Like I had no idea uh. that they went in sets and that you had to like have certain number and I'm sitting with all these rosary beads. Uh. How does this go together? Uh. And I had to find a set. I had to get some of these. <laughs> I had to get another set of rosary beads just so that I could lay mm. it out and so I could do it properly. Mm. Mm. And then I was like, why are there so many beads? Uh. What do all these <laughs> beads mean? Uh. <laughs> um, yes. And then I did. I learned again. Mm. <laughs> There's no reason, uh, but yeah, I, I I I learned that at the wake. That's what it was. Yeah, because they have you heard it so many times. Oh probably. my goodness! Uh, a Catholic wake. It's yeah. just the most. Mm. It's the best kind of wake mm. ever. Mm. Irish Catholic wakes. Yeah, are they are amazing. They are amazing. Yeah. But somebody yeah. shows up with tea mm. somebody shows up with sandwiches yeah. and this was in the days whenever there was like a tray with cigarettes showed up that's right Aye, that's right that's right yeah um, yeah mm. and then the, the rosary was mm. said and I defy anybody to understand a single word that I said during that rosary that's right because it's just you it's just, just hear a chant don't you on the, yeah. uh, uh, it's just this rumbling that's right sound mm. Mm. the breath and the uh, call and response because there's a, like the whoever's leading it that's right says that, and, then, yeah, and, then and then everybody else uh, follows that's right yeah. that's right and if you ever see wee kids at it they're going knock on them what's that sound uh, and I love I love it whenever children they do the nodding of the head mm. the, the, mm. the bowing of the head mm. Mary in her name or Jesus in uh. her name <laughs> so cute uh. Um, but yeah it's um the whole Mary thing is a yeah, it's a real fascinating uh, exploration mm. Mm. and high and green in the culture. Oh, totally. She yeah, our lady. It's just very reverence. There's so much reverence around it. Yeah, mm. I'm, lear- I'm learning Irish at the moment. And the oh, whole, are you? Aye, mm. and the whole sort of like hello thing. Aye, aye. Yeah, and that God to you, uh, God and Mary to you. That's right. Yeah, it is really, it uh, is really ingrained in it. Wow, uh, that's uh, insane. Yeah, um, but yeah, mm. It's, mm. she's um, yeah, such a an, an amazing figure, mm. and I really want to get to the bottom of Mary. Mm. Oh, that's 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 a fascinating thing to try and to try and. Uh, 
to look and do research and to get just to get what what it means to, to different people you know to women yeah, yeah. to women that's yeah. right that's right you know I mean I remember um and it's awful because I forget her name and it's all I should, should know her name do you remember when the young girl died in the grotto down giving birth yes I forget her name, it's so awful. Anna. Anna Lovett. That's yeah. Anna Lovett. Yeah, that's right. And I remember at the time going, well, if that picture is not imbe- embedded in people's minds of just the way Ireland should not be mm-hmm. anymore, you know, yeah. um, the, the, the Our Lady looking down on this wee girl giving birth on her own and why she was there on her own and all the rest of it. It's just... Uh, horrific in, in a whole lot of ways but um, very iconic mm-hmm. you know uh, it was yeah. that it would happen there yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think I mean I think there must have been something I think there must have been something very deliberate in the choice of going to a grotto oh yeah yes. in order yeah. to give birth yeah um, she was looking for help or something, you know, but that's where she, you know, that's where she went and you wonder yeah. what drew her there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And mm. that level of, uh, it's a thing of that level of shame mm. of carrying that. Because that was mm. round about the time of like the, when the Eighth Amendment came into play. Yes. Yeah. It was around mm. then. That's right. That's um, right. And there was the cases of uh, the person X like I don't remember yeah. offhand the yeah. entire details yeah but yeah there was there were yeah. huge um there was a huge case and massive campaign and so it was and it was around that time and yeah gosh yeah yeah and she and then every, nobody everybody said oh we didn't know we didn't know you know um nobody wanted to admit that they knew something yeah yeah it's very hard to hide a pregnancy yes I mean, so, I know it does happen that uh, some women don't yeah. know that they're pregnant and yeah. don't, and it's not until, mm. you know, but deem, somebody deem notices moment. something, don't they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember I was 16. I was 16 when I got pregnant with my my son. And. God, that's so young. I know. Mm. I was just a baby. And, um, and I, like, so I was a vegetarian then. Yeah. I truly, truly despised the texture of meat it just despised mm. meat completely yeah. and I was a vegetarian for about two years and my mum my mum used to plead with me to eat like to eat meat mm. and I just I just hated it my dad yeah. was very much one of those what are you with your meat um, mm. kind of people and I was just like just have me a plate full of vegetables I'll be absolutely uh. happy anyway we were in Duns mm. and this was before so this was sort of like my mum was going away on holiday with some friends. I literally just turned 16 in the June, mm. June 13th, 16. Finished my GCSEs mm. the 25th of June, mm. something along those lines. Somewhere between finishing my GCSEs and my birthday, I conceived. Yeah. July hit and it was just before my mum was going away and we was whenever Dunn stores was in the Richmond Centre yes yeah food mm. yeah uh, the food department the grocery department in the Richmond Centre and we went in there and we always went in there for our groceries and this one day there was a little cottage pie and I was like mum 
do you think would it be alright if I had mm. cottage pie for my dinner mm. and my mum looked at me do you think there's something you want to tell me I <laughs> At this stage, I didn't uh, even know. You didn't like, know. Uh, there was something. Uh, yeah. 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 No, I just mm. want to call it. I just well no show for a cottage pie. Uh, and my mum looked at me uh, like. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, you can have a cottage uh, pie for dinner. <clears throat> a couple of weeks later, I'm sitting in a friend's house and I um, was having a cigarette and I took two drags out of the cigarette and I was going to throw up mm. everywhere. Mm. I was like, this is not. Mm. this is not normal mm. and later that night so my mum was away she was she, she'd gone to Butlins for mm. a holiday <laughs> like mm. you know mm. and uh, she's away and the following the following morning I woke up and I was like oh my goodness I feel so sick I feel really really sick mm. like I can't and I was just dry retting the whole day there was mm. nothing nothing coming up yeah. it was just me my stomach heaving all day I was like we have to did you think then? Is that like I oh have to go and get a pregnancy uh, test done? Uh, so we went to the family planning clinic, and I remember sitting there. It was the longest, the longest whatever like the time it takes to do a pregnancy mm. test two minutes, five minutes, whatever. Mm. It was the longest. Like it felt like a year. Yeah. Sitting there waiting, clock ticking, kind of thing yeah. of oh my goodness, what is this? Knowing full well, mm. she's gonna say yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. and she did. She looked at mm. me. She went. You're, yeah you're pregnant my whole insides just <clears throat> just crumpled it's horrible isn't it when you just <laughs> yeah when it's not what you need or want or at that time uh, no. uh, so yeah and like and whenever we did whenever we sat down and told my mum my mum was like i knew uh, i knew there was something with uh, you <laughs> like Okay. So yeah, there uh, are there are like there's there's signs. You know yeah, yeah. There's something. There's somebody I'll pick up. You know. Yeah. Uh, you have to be pretty clueless. Like mm. even whenever I was pregnant for the second time, and like I hadn't taken a period in two years, mm. so I had really bad problems, and mm. they had said, "Listen, unless you have IVF, mm. you're not gonna get mm. pregnant. That's just not gonna happen." Mm. Next thing, I'm standing in work. And um, I have this most the most irate customer on the phone, and normally this would have been wee buns, but she left me in tears. Uh, that never happened uh, ever. I had to call my supervisor over and to take over. I worked in a call center. Mm. He was all just go down and have a cup of tea, have a smoke. You'll be fine. So mm. I went downstairs and lit up a cigarette. Same thing. Two drags out of the cigarette. Thought I was gonna hurl mm. all over the place. Mm. Put the cigarette out. Went inside. Got a cup of tea. And I had, I don't eat chocolate. I haven't mm. eaten chocolate in fifteen years. And then I didn't had, then I kind of stopped eating chocolate for a few months, and I put money into the vending machine and left it a bar of chocolate. I was sitting with a cup of tea in the bar of chocolate. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I need to mm. go to Boots mm. and get a pregnancy uh, test. Uh, this is not on. Uh, uh, and sure mm. enough, there it was. There it was. Uh-huh. Imagine. Congratulations! Uh, <laughs> you got that double blue line. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, universe. <laughs> well, I, I remember working in because um, I worked in a psychiatric hospital, and I remember um, what we used to call manic depression. Now it's bipolar. Yeah. But um, sometimes when people were on the um, what we would have called about high mm-hmm. side. Uh, their senses were really sharpened and I remember this uh, girl saying to, to one of the nurses one day when are you due 
Og så sidder hun og pakker nu dem. Så var det i toppen med den, så siger hun, Oh, right now, fuck you. Something like that. It was only me and her in the office. And then I turned out, she says, Jesus Christ, I'm a couple of days late. She was pregnant. Oh But she goodness. packed up something. Yeah. And I thought, what? You know, I was trying to ask her, and she said, no, I just knew. And I, I thought, oh, that's amazing. Mm. You know, just something. I don't know what it was, but she couldn't believe it. And she says, I am a few days late, but I didn't even think. And then she was pregnant. So, so wow. there you go. See, uh, yeah. So it's kind of hard to sort of not notice. Yeah. When some, somebody around her. Yeah. But yeah, as you say, yeah. total denial. Mm. And then what do you do with that? I know. I know. You know, what do you mm. do with that? Because it's still in an era where we have like huge amounts of shame. Oh, yeah. Around, you know, mm. all sort of, I mean, sex is not something to be enjoyed. Yeah, that's right. Um, and um, yeah, I still, I relish the idea of going in, of like having conversations with, with, with secondary school students. Mm. And I get to have the I have the privilege of being able to sit with secondary school mm. students and just be like, okay, so here are the things that you should know. You're mm. not going to get taught this in sexual education, uh. so I'm <laughs> going to say this to you because mm. I can. Mm. Uh, consent, massive. Yeah, yeah. Sex should be fun. If it's not fun, don't do it. Mm. If you're not having a good time, and they're not having a good time. Walk away. Yeah. Simple uh, as. Yeah, yeah. Also, masturbation. Perfectly normal. Yeah. Even for girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what you like, how the hell are you going to tell somebody else what you like? Yeah, like and yeah, all of that. Yeah. And watch the reaction to the... Sometimes you say it, sometimes you say it in front of classroom assistants and teachers and it's amazing to see them kind of going, mm-hmm. Mm. And just kind of like, yeah, yeah, somebody needed to say this. Yeah, and that's... you have like students going, whoa, a grown up mm. is mm. talking to us yeah. like this. Uh, you know. Yeah. It's brilliant, doesn't it? Yeah, because I think we need to have those conversations. Like the last one I did, we had a slightly younger group, and um, and it was like, okay, so here's something that you guys should think about, boys. You need to think about this too, because there will be a woman in your life mm. <laughs> that mm. this will affect. Mm. But you take a period, you menstruate for twelve months of the year, mm. three to five days a month. For 35 years. Mm-hmm. Just, you can do the math in your own time. Mm. But just think about that. Three to five days a year, 12 months a year, 35 years. That's a huge amount of like bleeding. Yes. You need some sanitary product. Mm. In order for you to make the world comfortable about the fact that you are bleeding yes. for this length yes. of time. Because mm. let's face it, mostly the sanitary products are around you not being pointed out as you know mm. being shameful for bleeding yeah. and mm. everybody else around you not having to know that you are bleeding that's right that's that's true that's right. so for you to do that it's going to cost you and you're going to get taxed on it yes mm-hmm. because mm. the government doesn't see it as a necessity it's mm. a luxury item and i remember saying that to like the group of and they were like oh, we got something design she's like what the f- what mm. uh, yeah uh, um, yeah, this is the this is the right. way it is. Yeah. So these are the things that mm. we these are the conversations we need to have. Mm. And I realise that this is probably not the best bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, feminism. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, uh, I think that Mary is kind of like she's a sort of a figure that's been 
taken from essentially a young mom pregnant, mm. a young teenager. Like she's what thirteen? Yeah, yeah, very young. Yeah, mm. I mean mm. horror. Mm. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Like mm. I was sixteen and I was barely able to look after myself. Yes. Mm. Never mind deal with the body change. I mean, mm. 13, you're just getting used to the body changes that That's are right. happening anyway. Yeah. But to suddenly have to deal with puberty when you're not really supposed at a point in history where it's not really, mm. a, it's not dealt with in the mollycoddling that we have of teenagers, you know, like yeah. where we sit down and go, you know, hormonal changes are normal. Yeah. You're going to hate yeah. the world. It's fine. <laughs> Um, but to have to go through all of that and then deal with this yes. angel telling you, by the way, mm. yes. you're going to um, be the mother of God. That's right. That's right. And it's, I've always hated this thing too. I'm immaculate conception. You know, clean conception. Do you know as if anything yeah, else? No original sin. Yes. Yeah. You know, so that, that is a very... That's I suppose what what we were been taught. Well, Catholicism anyway. That's that's what I've been taught there. That's what a woman was supposed to be clean and pure. And you know, um, even now this this was not in my day. Yeah. But I remember hearing uh, older friends talking about you weren't allowed to go out of the door until you were the the child was uh, christened. It was something called churched. Or something. Yeah. You were unclean. That's yeah. Jesus, you know. Mm. Yeah. Because mm. you were still. Yeah. You know. So it was. But there's lots of. I mean, in canon law, there's a whole thing like that. If a woman is, if a woman has taken her period, she's not allowed to sit on a pew in church because if she sits on a pew and then somebody else sits on mm. it, they are unclean. Oh my Because God. of her yeah. on. Cleanness. Oh my God! I said, "There you go." <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, yeah. I remember mm. looking at you, looking at like some of the bizarre, the, yeah. the more bizarre elements of canon law, mm. uh, a number of years ago, mm. and yeah, and that you're not allowed to. It's only the choir is allowed to sing. Right. Right. Mm. but yeah but mm. the unclean thing mm. but that's like but that's it through a lot of I think a lot of um, patriarchal religions yeah, yeah. view Lovely. women in the same fashion and view yeah. the menstruation in the, mm. in the same fashion I think mm. the only one that's pretty much like had it kind of in a nice place was sort of some of the Native American yes. ideas of women are in a very special time yeah <laughs> yeah powerful time mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's crazy. Mm. Wow, mm. being churched. Mm. That's right. Mm. Mm. Wow, how do we how do we keep you down? Mm. Um, thank you so much for this for doing this. No and problem. For having a chat with me. Mm. Um, uh, it was really lovely. Oh, thank you. Mm. thank you for listening to this episode three of for the love of mary podcast huge thank you to the arts council of northern ireland for giving me the support to be able to capture these stories and to share them with you the listener um keep listening and um there's a lot more to come um there are some 
yeah there's there's there are a lot more amazing stories to to be told and to be shared um and feel free to to share these you you know share this podcast um without your support it goes nowhere um and these stories are so amazing um it'd be great if you could help push them out there because that's what we do so like share subscribe do all of that stuff and i will see you in episode four cheers